0: Thank you, Joe. Joe. Hey, wonderful to be here. We always love coming to Hastings. It's uh, very much our hometown. Uh, Born here, grew up here, married here, was an elder here. (laughs) And uh, it's just always, always wonderful to be back uh, amongst friends, amongst family, uh, particularly amongst King's Church. So uh, we love you guys. We're very thrilled with what God's doing amongst you. And I feel God's put a prophetic word on my heart specifically for you today. So if you've got a Bible, I wonder if you could uh, turn to Isaiah chapter 43. These verses just have come alive uh, to me uh, for you, and I just want to unpack them very simply. I don't think it'll be too long this morning. Here's hoping, and uh, I gather it's a shorter morning this morning. Uh, it's always a shorter morning when they put me on to preach, so I, I, I'm getting the message, you know, it's like uh, it's, it's gonna, coming home. And uh, just really want to apply this as we go along. So we're not always going to have a bigger response at the end, although we will pray for one another at the end, but we're going to just apply some of these verses as we go along. So this is Isaiah 43, and uh, I'm going to read verses 18 and 19. Uh, This is from the NIV. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Father, we bring your word to you. We thank you that this word is living, it's sharp, it's active, it's dynamic. We ask you now for the Holy Spirit just to come on us. And I pray for my dear friends here in Kings. I pray, Lord, I'd serve them well. I pray that this word would apply to their hearts and it would change our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a sense of forgetting the former things. There's a sense here of do not dwell in the past. And some of us are dwelling in the past. Some of us look back to the past. Some of us look back to days that we think were maybe better than these days. Some of us look back to when we were younger. Some of us look back to uh, days when uh, things were different, different circumstances. And God is saying, I believe, prophetically to you today... Do not live in the past. Do not dwell in the past. Don't let your mind keep pulling you back to past days. Even the past days that were good and glorious actually god has an even more glorious future for you he has a more glorious present for you and he has a more glorious sense of him coming now and filling you with his spirit and it doesn't honor god if we live in the past it doesn't honor him if we're always constantly looking back and this scripture has such a sense of momentum it has such a sense of movement it talks about dreams that run in the desert. It talks about momentum and movement. And if you're going to move in God, and if you're going to move with him, you've got to stay focused. We're going to talk about perception and focus a little later, but you've got to look forward. The moment you look back, you'll trip up. The moment you start to live in the past, the moment you start to wonder what the, I wonder if what that was, I'm remembering all that. And the moment you start to live there, actually you start to trip up and you start to lose your forward momentum. Kings, Hastings, we have a glorious past. God's done some wonderful things amongst us. There were incredible meetings in this very center. There were amazing times when God did all sorts of things amongst us. There was healings and salvations and it's all wonderful and we can all thank God for it, but don't live in it. We've got to live in the present. We've got to live now for God, and he's going to propel us and push us forward into something glorious because he's with us. Now, also, let me say to you, don't, that's kind of past glories, but still don't live there. The word actually is uh, dwell. Don't dwell, and that means to live. So don't live in there, but also don't live or remember or dwell on past failures. Now, some of us, that's much more relevant We're thinking about mistakes we've made. We're thinking about sins we've committed. We're thinking about things we've done or have been done to us. And sometimes we can live as though those things are now. We can dwell in the past. We can dwell on past things. And God says, don't do that. Please stop thinking about past sins. Please stop thinking about past mistakes. Stop thinking about that which you have done wrong or which was wrong to you and actually start to live in grace and start to live in the present. Now, sometimes that just means letting go. And I just feel there's some people here this morning who just need to let go of some stuff that's been done to you. You were an innocent. You were a victim. But actually, you've just got to let it go. You've got to say, Father, I thank you. You forgave me of all my sins. And Lord, in Jesus' name, I forgive those people. I let them go. I'm not going to let the past hang on to me. Because if you're running this race, if you're going to allow this scripture to propel you into a new future, if you're going to allow God to come on you and streams that catch you up in his purposes and propel you into a future, then actually you must stop holding on or clinging on to the past. Because you'll never get released into the future. You'll never get released into what God wants you to do if you're living or dwelling. In the past. So, some of you need to do that. Maybe even right now. Just deliberately choose. Say, Lord, I choose to forgive that person. It's not about a feeling. It's not about feeling good. It's about a deliberate act of the will saying, I choose to forgive. I'm not going to live in that past. Now, some of us actually need to forget our own past. Not just things that have been done to us, but things we've done. Some of us, although we look all shiny and bright and happy and polished up and brushed up and sweet and smelling and lovely this morning some of us didn't have such a glorious past some of us have had sins all of us actually have had a past all of us have had things that we've done all of us have had things that we're ashamed of and sometimes the shadow of that can live over us and we can half we can be living in regret all the time listen stop living in the past Stop living with the shadow of sin over you. If you are a believer this morning, Jesus Christ has erased your sin. In fact, it's going to go on. This scripture is going to go on just a few more verses in verse 25 to say this. I am the Lord who blots out your transgressions and remembers your sin no more. In fact, God just doesn't forget. He remembers no more. You think, what's the difference? I'll tell you what the difference is. If you forget something, you can remember it later oh I forgot where did I put my keys I forgot oh I remember Now, God doesn't do that with your sins. He doesn't try to forget them and then remember them later. He remembers them no more. He chooses to remember them no more. They are if they had not existed because Jesus, when he died, as we were gloriously reminded in the testimony that we had earlier, that Jesus has forgiven all our past. He's made a way to reconcile us with God. It does not honour God if we remember the past. It doesn't honour him. It doesn't bring thanks and glory and praise and worship to him if we're forever thinking about Past sins. So this scripture is saying to you, guys, move on. Guys, forget the past. And if you're not a Christian here this morning, if you wouldn't yet call yourself a Christian, and there'll be people in a gathering like this who, would, who are on a journey to discovering God, maybe this morning is a day when you say, I'm going to choose to allow all my guilt, my shame, my failure, my sin, my wrongdoing, I'm going to allow Jesus to have taken that at the cross I'm going to thank him that he paid for it at the cross and I'm going to thank him that he died in my place, that I should have had the shame and the guilt, I should have been paying the penalty, but he paid the penalty for me, he nailed it to a cross, he forgave it, he remembers it no more and I choose today to believe that's true for me. That's called becoming a Christian. Now if that's you, right, even right now, why don't you make that decision? Why don't you say, Lord Jesus, thank you that you died for me. Thank you, Jesus, that in my place, you died. When you died on a cross, you were paying the penalty for every wrong that I've ever done. And Jesus, I thank you right now that you've forgiven me, that you've cleansed me. And I don't need to live in the past anymore. I don't need to live with this shadow of shame and fear and guilt in my life. Because Jesus, you've taken it away and you've nailed it to a cross. And this morning, I say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. It's wonderful what Jesus has done. But let's move on with these verses. It says this. See... I'm doing a new thing. And this is the kind of prophetic burden that I felt for Hastings this morning and for this evening, that God's wanting to do and underline the sense of a new thing amongst you. Now, I guess in the summer recess, summer holidays, we can sometimes get a little bit more relaxed and see a little bit more you know, just laid back, but I feel God wants to turn the temperature up. He wants to turn the contrast up this morning, and he wants to say prophetically, I am doing something very new amongst you. Do you not see it? And actually, it's this sense of the word, the word that got me in this passage, actually, it's sort of out of context, Mr. Bunt, and he'll point this out to me, but the context, uh, you know, I, I bow to greater theological insight, but uh, the, the word it, that got me was spring. And uh, I'm just going to kind of th- apply this in three different ways. It's a season of spring. I know it's not. I know it's summer. But, you know, I, kinda, I just feel it's a new season for you. It's a springtime, new birth, new life, new season. We're going to talk about a spring or a coil that kind of springs up. And then we're going to talk about a spring of living water and streams in the desert. And this sense, the first one is this, that it's a... This new season, it's like springtime has come again to King's Hastings. It's like springtime has come. And in springtime, all the things that looked dead, all the things that didn't look alive, all the things that looked a little jaded, that didn't, you think, is there life in this? Suddenly those things come to life again. And I believe prophetically God would say to you, I'm bringing new life into what you're doing. I'm bringing new hope into what you're doing. I'm bringing new birth into what you're doing. And some of you have just been going through emotions, you've been going through winter time, you've been going through a difficult time, you've been just carrying on and God says he loves that faithfulness, he loves that consistency but because of that and because of his great love for you, he's going to bring new season of springtime, new blossoming, new flourishing and the scripture that I felt came alive for me was this in Song of Solomon chapter 2 verses 10 to 13, my beloved spoke to me and said arise, come on, This is not a time for sleeping. Arise, my beautiful one. Come with me. See, the winter is past. The rains are over and gone. Hallelujah. Flowers are appearing all over the earth. In other words, it's springtime. The season of singing has come. The cooing of the doves, which is kind of like an onomatopoeic, a little bit tongue-in-cheek, a little bit... uh, uh, birds and the bees-ish. Uh, the cooing of the doves is heard in our land. The fig tree forms its fruit, and blossoming vines spread their fragrance. Arise, come, my darling, my beautiful one, come away with me. And I feel God is saying, this is a time for new things to spring up in kings. It's interesting, I go out for a walk most mornings at home, and I've just been noticing like, this season how even in tarmaced pavements, like things are pushing through the pavements, green shoots are coming through. And God is saying that I'm even in your hard situations, even in desert situations, even in difficult situations, even in situations which feel like concrete, they feel like ice, they feel like it's hard. God says, actually, life always overcomes death. And these new shoots, they are pushing through my pavement, and they're pushing through you today. There's new things coming today. What is fascinating for me is I wrote down here this morning as I was preparing this, uh, particularly new creativity, and I put down here new art, (laughs) That's fascinating for me then to walk in here and for you guys, to, for you to be doing this art exhibition. I don't think that's a coincidence. I don't think, oh that's a lucky, you know got one right. No, I think generally God is speaking to you. I think there's a new season of creativity that's coming over Hastings. Uh, in fact, when I think about Hastings uh, one of the things I think about is the wonderful artistry in this town. I think about the wonderful creativity that Hastings has. I think about the sense of inspiration that this town brings To artists and brings to people. And I just felt God wanted to prophetically say if you are involved in art, whether that's painting or drawing, whether it's writing, whether it's dancing, whether it's any kind of creative work. I felt God say, there's going to come a new season for you where you're going to come out of the shadows and you're going to be brought onto a centre stage. You're going to be brought... and God's going to use even this centre, the Hastings centre, the the, the coffee box. He's going to use you to actually, I felt, show off some art. It's interesting, it's literally going to happen. Well, that's prophetically going to happen as well. And I just want to, before we move on, I just want to pray right now for anyone here who feels they are particularly creative... Anyone here who feels... In one sense, we're all creative because we're all made in the image of the creator and he's the most creative one and we all are bearing his image. And you can be creative in business. You can be creative in engineering. You can be creative in the medical sphere. You can be creative in any area of life. But you know if you feel that if that resonates with you, that sense of creativity... I want to just pray and prophesy over you because I feel the Spirit of God is particularly saying that this is a season for creativity in Hastings. It's a season for new shoots. It's a season for new life. It's a season for a new thing in this whole sense of creativity. So it it um, it could be new art. It could be new business ideas. It could be new job creations. It could be poetry. It could be dancing. It could be painting. It could be all those things. Would you just stand now if that's you, if if you're one of those people? (laughs) And Joanna is not standing because she's sitting, but you are one of those people, Joe. In fact, Joanna, I felt as I was preparing this, uh, the Lord would say that actually even in your disability, even in the the things, the sense of being shut in actually one of the beautiful creativeness or the beautiful creativity that you've had is this ability to even with your wrong hand <laughs> uh, e- even with your left hand you've been able to create beautiful art and God's going to use that prophetically he's going to use that more and more and uh, joanna's like a prophetic example of people here you know joanna wasn't particularly creative in the art world she was very creative in the dramatic and singing and drama world but not particularly in the art world but since her disability actually even in her disability God has brought this wonderful gift of painting and art and I know various people here have been really helpful and uh, really uh, you know who you are you've been blessing Joanna in that but actually even in that God's given you a gift even and don't you rule yourself out don't you think I'm, I'm disabled or I, I, I can't use the right hand or I can't do... Or no, God says he counts you in. And Lord Jesus, right now, let's just stretch our hand out to these people. Lord, I thank you for the wonderful sense of creativity that you've put in King's Church Hastings. I thank you, Lord, that right now you're highlighting art and artists and those who have the ability to portray the glory of God through their creations, just as Lord, you displayed your glory through your creation. And Lord, I want to pray now blessing on these men and women. I pray blessing on artists, on dancers, on those who are creative in business. I want to ask you, Lord, that this centre here is gloriously used for the gospel in art, for the gospel in the display of splendour in artwork. We ask it in Jesus' name and we bless those here. We pray for new shoots now. We pray for a new season. We pray for a springing up of new creativity. I pray for prophetic dreams. I love what that young girl talked about. You know, I keep having this vision. I keep having this prophetic dream of this wide open space. I pray for prophetic dreams and prophetic insights. And Lord, I want to ask you that these men and women are led by the Spirit of God as much as any teacher, evangelist, apostle, prophet, I want to ask you that you use their gift for the glory of God in Jesus' name. Just guys, before they sit down, take a look around. I don't know if you remember what I spoke on last time. I spoke on encouragement last time. I want you guys who are sitting down, not now, but later to go and encourage these people. Because I know that artists tend to be quite sensitive. I know that musicians and art just tend, and and sometimes they don't value what they don't always see the value in what they've done. We see more value in it than they do. And you need to keep encouraging them and strengthening them. Please do sit down. God bless you. The second thing that I felt God say to me out of this passage, so the first thing was it's a season, it's a new season of spring. It's a new uh, thing. It's a season of spring. The second thing I felt God say to me is that actually you and Hastings are a little bit like a coiled spring. You understand what I mean? Like a metal coiled spring. And I feel that there's been some activity of pushing you down, of suppressing you. And this might apply to the artist as well, I'm sure it does, but it will apply to all of us. That There's a sense of the enemy sometimes, or circumstances sometimes, or even sometimes our own thinking. We've been pushed down. We've been kind of crushed down. And I feel God saying, it's time for you to spring back up into life. It's time for the coil to find its new or its original identity. And its identity isn't as one that is crushed. Its identity is one that springs up. And this is the passage that came to mind as I was thinking about this. Because you can think, if some of you, any of you watch Christian television... There's a little warning on that. Be careful. Uh, There is some good stuff. uh, I've I've never really watched Christian television. Um, I've always been very grateful that we don't have it. But uh, when we were on holiday in Greece a year or two ago, uh, the weather was not good for a couple of days. And I, I, I switched on their satellite TV. And the only decent thing, well, I say decent, the only thing I could find to watch was Christian television. And I was, I mean, there was a couple of brilliant things. I've got to be honest. Joni Erickson was on there. She was outstanding through her disability the glory of God. Billy was on there. Billy Graham, not Billy Piper. Uh, and he, he, was, uh, he was just preaching the gospel magnificently and beautifully. And one- I thought, oh, that is so inspiring. I've got to be honest with you, the rest was utter rubbish. I mean, it really was theologically incorrect. It was dodgy. It was like, God is going to bless you if you put your hand on the screen and give me all your money. And I mean, it was just really, 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 really worrying. And the message I could have got, apart from Joni and Billy, who I totally honour, the message I could have got from that is I'm not a successful Christian because I've got some struggles in my life. I'm not a successful, prosperous Christian because I've got these battles. I've got these difficulties. That's the message I could have easily got. And if I didn't have a robust theology, that's it would have kind of pushed me down. And I think many of us are kind of living under those shadows. Like we're not as prosperous as the person next door or the person in our small group. Or we're not. We don't think we're doing so well as that. And there's a certain you think this can't be apostolic Christianity. Do you know what? It's exactly what apostolic Christianity is. It's exactly what the apostles in the early days experienced. In fact, it's what Jesus experienced. Jesus said, I've had trouble in this world. And guess what, guys? You'll have trouble in the world as well, because you're in me and are going to be like me. But guess what? I've, I've saved you out of the world. But he doesn't say I've taken all your troubles away. But he enables us, even in troubles, to spring back up. Even in troubles to find grace to help in time of need. And these are the kind of verses that I kind of felt were relevant. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 7 to 10. And in a moment, Anne's just going to come up and, and read something that she found that was very relevant to this. It says this, we have this treasure in jars of clay. Who feels like a jar of clay? <laughs> Who feels like a pot that is slightly cracked? I won't say a cracked pot. (laughs) To show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. We're hard pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. We're perplexed, but we are not in despair. We're persecuted, but we are not abandoned. We're struck down, but we are not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus, the resurrection power, may also be revealed in our body. And just as Anne comes up to read this, I came across this, I mean, I haven't got the slide here today, but if any of you are interested, just Google, just put these three words in. I just checked it worked this morning. Just put Japanese... Pot. Gold. That's all you need to do. Put those three words in. Japanese, pot, gold. And there's a, a Japanese science called kinsu karo. Something like that. Any Japanese here? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I was just really worried. <laughs> but apparently, see, if we, have a, if we have a special pot or a special vase, we we're talking about creativity, just occasionally one hands out, you know, I have been known to knock the occasional thing off the shelf and you know, I, I, if it ever happens and it has happened in the past, I quickly glue it back together with super glue and try and make this invisible mess there are things in the house she has no idea, they're broken and uh, <laughs> she'll have the glory of finding out one day but you know, because we want to mend it invisibly don't we? we want the invis- I want super glue it's my friend, I want to I you, know, you put it all back together and then realise it's still in your hand and how do you get it off your hand but, you know, you, we try- but Japanese are very different if they break a pot They don't mend it invisibly, they mend it visibly with pure gold. And if you Google it, you can see all these beautiful antiquities of old pots that are broken that we chuck away that are now with seams of gold. You see, God actually uses your weakness. God actually uses the difficulties. You see, Joanna, God is using her difficulty, using her weakness, actually. Sometimes God comes and heals and restores. Wonderful. I wish God would do that more. We've got to pray more for God to do that. He will do that more for his glory. But sometimes he just shines out through your cracked pot. Sometimes he just shines out through your weakness. And actually, what is more glorifying to God than to see somebody who is altogether strong, prosperous, doesn't appear to be any need in the world, And they're kind of like walking out in life, or the person who's disabled, or with difficulties, or with weaknesses, shining out with the glory of God. One, you go, that's a strong guy. The other one, you go, that's a strong God. And actually, God wants to shine out of us. Just listen to this modern day parable
1: morning everybody i don't often get the privilege of seeing you all in one go so it's lovely to see you all it's really superb to be here i just want to read a modern day parable some of you may know this story but i'm just going to read it out to you and i'm going to spec in september okay a water bearer in india had two large pots Both hung on the ends of a pole, which he carried across his neck. One of the pots had a crack in it, while the other pot was perfect and always delivered a full portion of water. At the end of the long walk from the stream to the house, the cracked pot always arrived half full. The poor cracked pot was ashamed of its own imperfection, and miserable miserable that it was able to accomplish only half of what it had been made to do. After two years of what it perceived to be a bitter failure, it spoke to the water bearer one day by the stream. I'm ashamed of myself, and I want to apologize to you. I have been able to deliver only half my load, because this crack in my side causes water to leak out, all the way back to your house. Because of my flaws, you have to do all of this work and you don't get full value from your efforts. The bearer said to the pot, did you notice that there were flowers only on your side of the path, but not on the other pot's side? That's because I have always known about your flaw and I planted flower seeds on your side of the path. And every day, while we walk back, you watered them. For two years, I have been able to pick these beautiful flowers to decorate the table. Without you being just the way you are, there would not be be this beauty to grace the house. It's a beautiful story, isn't it? It's wonderful. Um, And I just so loved, I mean, even the worship. We were singing about God's grace this morning, and we are here. I still cast myself as we here. Um, This church is built on that foundation of grace, and we know the grace of God in our lives. And I just want to encourage all of you you may feel you are very weak, but God says, Let the weak say, I'm strong. And I want to, and I was so delighted when people stood up. We had all age ranges standing up. That blessed me so much, being in the latter part of my life. And there's some people in here still. I would say to you, there's giftings that need resurrecting, and there's some giftings that need to be started afresh. Because I can look around this room, and I know some faces in here, and I'm thinking, come on, don't sit back. Come on, spring forward again. Because I really think we've got so much. And God has created us in such a unique way, each one of us. So don't look at somebody else and think, I want that. Ask your friends. Ask your friends. What do you think my gifting is and how can God use me?
0: The same, the same book, 2 Corinthians 12, says this. Because of these surpassing great revelations, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord, take it away from me. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Can you see the context of that now? But God says he wants you to spring up in your heart, even if you're weak. He wants you to spring up in confidence, even if you think your circumstances have pushed you down. The passage I read earlier talks about the resurrection power of Christ. It says this, We carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the resurrection power might be released in our life. And I believe this morning God's just going to highlight some people here. And he's going to say, even in your weakness, even in your difficulty, even in those things that are pushing you down, actually resurrection power is coming to you right now. In fact, you may not realise it, but it's almost like... The, with the proportion that you've been pushed down, in fact, if you think about it, a spring, the more it's pushed down, the enemy thinks, ha, 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 I'm, I'm doing you bad. Actually, what, God, what Joseph said at the end of his life, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. The more you get pushed down, the more energy is being stored, ready to be released and to be spring back into life. In fact, Jesus, at his point of most weakness... At his point where you think the devil's laughing, the the, the enemies are laughing, they're jeering at him. You thought you could, son of God, get yourself out of this one. At the point where he's dying, actually he's the most powerful. Actually he's at that point dealing and paying with our sins. Even in your point of weakness, actually God's grace is being released. His mercy and energy and power in the spirit is coming to you to spring you back up into life. And dear friends, we want to stand with you today because we're not isolated springs on our own. We're part of a big engine, part of a big community, part of a big body, the body of Christ. And if you feel particularly, I'm weak and vulnerable, or if you feel actually the circumstances, maybe health, maybe finances, maybe family, maybe relationship, maybe work, is just pushing me down. This prophetic word for you this morning is spring back up. Resurrection power is coming to you to bring new life, to bring grace to you. See, grace gives you power. I've used this poem before here that John Bunyan taught his disciples, his followers. Run, John, run, the law demands, but gives me neither legs nor arms. Better news the gospel brings, it bids me fly and gives me wings. See, Red Bull don't give you wings, but the Spirit of God gives you wings to fly. And you're born not an ostrich, but you're born as an eagle, born again as an eagle. And God wants you to fly. He wants the resurrection power and life and grace and the gospel to come to you, to release you. That doesn't mean necessarily the problems will go away, but actually you get released from things. You get released into a new confidence. You get released into a new power. You get released into a new authority. You get released into gold mending your broken pot so that actually the glory of God might be seen in your life. Dear friends, if that's you this morning, we're not even at the end of this message, but if that's you this morning and you feel particularly pushed down, We would love just to pray for you. You'd spring back up into life. If that's you, maybe you would like to stand right now. I think there's going to be quite a few of us who identify with this. Thank you, Lord. Now, why don't we do this just very slightly differently? Why don't we just look around? Why don't we go and stand with these dear ones? Because they're not isolated. Just show them they're not alone. Now, there may be guests standing. If there are guests standing... I would just love the leaders here to be particularly sensitive to guests, um, just so that we serve everybody. Now, because it's kind of chaotic and I can't see, if, and, and that means others can't see it so easily, but if you are standing and no one's yet come to you, it doesn't mean anything other than we can't see who you are right now. So could you just, I think there's a young guy at the back there who's standing who nobody's yet with. I think there's a lady at the back. I think there's guys. If, 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 if no one's come to stand with you... Just wave your hand or do something creative. A lady at the back there, could just cut. Someone come and stand. Joanna is standing. <clears throat> Anyone, any other people can just come and help. That'd be wonderful. I think it'd be nice if someone could stand with jo- Joanna. Just want to make sure people are served in this. We don't lose anything of the Spirit, by the way, by bringing order and administration to this. In fact, I think we bring more of the Spirit. We bring more power. We bring more sense of order, things being done decently in order. Now just start to lay hands. You're the body of Christ. The power of God is going to flow through you, the body of Christ, to these dear ones. Just start to bless them. And I'm going to pray. But you pray as well. Just not complicated prayers. It's not a counselling session. It's more, Lord. Bless them. Cause them to spring up. Cause new confidence to come. Cause grace to come. Now, in Jesus' name. We thank you for these dear ones who are responding to your word. We thank you for these dear ones who are saying, yeah, I've been crushed. I've been pushed down. And in Jesus' name, prophetically, we bring these scriptures alive right now. And we say, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, in the name of the one who died for our sins, in the name of the one who's now ascended in glory and power and resurrection life, spring up. Life coming to you. Grace coming to you. Power coming to you right now in Jesus' name. Now, you guys start to pray it in to one another. You pray it in. It's coming through you. Come, Holy Spirit. More, Lord. Power, authority, life, newness. Come, Spirit of the living God. Come. Oh, God, come now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come. New life. New life. Come, Lord. New life come Lord, new life, come, new, spring up now, spring up, now, spring up into newness of life and authority and power, come Spirit of God, more Lord, more Lord, now more, more, more life, spring up, spring up, spring up, spring up in Jesus' name, thank you Lord, thank you Lord, thank you Lord, thank you Lord. Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now bless them, Lord. Fill them with the Spirit. Empower them, Lord. Come Holy Spirit upon them. Fill them, Lord. Fill them. In Jesus' name, right now, be full of the Holy Spirit and life and power. Spring up into life in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wonderful. if you've been prayed for and you're sensing God doing something, don't don't need to rush, don't need to stop. If you're just sensing that's okay, you can sit down, I'm going to carry on, but we can cope with kind of a bit of chaos. It's what family church, messy church is all about. Last point, coming in for a landing. Talked about a season of spring, a season of new life for kings, particularly zoning into the creativeness. We've talked about a Spring, a coiled spring, springing up into life, springing back into new identity, springing back into all that God has for you. And lastly, we're now talking about a water spring, which is kind of contextually what this is talking about. Do you not perceive it? It says, let's read the whole scripture again. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams. In the wasteland. And I feel God wants to prophetically underline that this church here is to be a spring in the wasteland. And sometimes people look at Hastings negatively. I I kind of almost always look at it positively. I'm a glass half full person anyway. But sometimes people, it has been said that about Hastings it has been said some negative things about Hastings it has been said it's a bit of a wilderness it has been said it's a bit of a desert it has been said that it's a bit of a road you know the end of nowhere it has been said I don't believe any of those things but it has been said what I'm saying to you is you are to be a well and a spring of life in the desert you're to be a water source in a difficult season in a difficult town in a difficult place that's the difference that's who you are God is opening up a well of the Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus said to the woman at the well. He said this, whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. In fact, the water I give them will be a spring of water welling up into eternal life. And dear friends, God wants you to see yourselves very differently. I think sometimes we, we, we those of us who are from Hastings, have a sense in which it's like, oh, I'm not too bad for Hastings, you know. We've done all right, you know, it's all right. But God wants you to lift your head and see the glory of the church, see the glory of what he's done amongst you. And although we don't want worldly pride, we do want a confidence in God. We want a sense in which God is with us. And he's opening up a spring of water here. He's opening up a well of salvation. He's opening up blessing to the nation. I'll let you into a secret. It's also for the nations. We'll come on to that in a moment. But it's a blessing for this town. And God wants to revive and revitalize and restore and bring his glory to this town. Of course, through other churches, but through you, through kings. You've got to get this. And I love what it said there. It's interesting because this came out of the, as you were leading us in worship, you said it a couple of times, may not have realised you said it, but you said about seeing things and perceiving things, and I don't even know if whether you realised you were saying that, but this scripture says it, it says, do you not perceive it? And I think sometimes we don't even see it. We don't even see the glory of God that's amongst us. And because we live with it day by day and normality by normality, we get kind of used to things. It's glorious what God's doing amongst you. It's glorious that you're multiplying into four. That's glorious. It's glorious what you're doing with these young people. It's glorious what you're doing with the artwork. It's glorious what you're doing. It's glorious what's happening with Natalie and her book writing skills. It's glorious what's happening here. God is springing up all over you. And you need to open your eyes, Hastings. You need to open your eyes, Kings, to see it. I've told you this story before but some of you, there may be two or three who haven't heard it, so I'll tell it again. It was one of Don's favourite stories, but I'll still say it. It's about Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon who probably in the 18th 70s, 1880s experienced a massive revival in London, largest church in the world. At some points, he was preaching to 30,000 people without a microphone. We can't speak to 30 people without a microphone, but he could speak to 30,000. But he was also a great pastor, not just a great preacher. He was a great pastor, and he would sometimes visit his parishioners. and He tells the story of visiting this pauper once. These were in the days before social services. These were in the days before. Uh, government was giving blessings and uh, dignity to people. These were in the days where if you were poor, there was nothing. You you had to throw yourself on the mercy of others. And he tells the story of this poor single lady that he went to visit who had nothing. She used to be the mistress of the big house down the road. She used to be the most important servant of the big house down the road. In fact, there was one time towards the end of her time there when it was just the master of the house who was left. He was the master of everything. He owned the house, the grounds, everything. And she became the last servant to serve him. And then one sad day, the master died and she, unfortunately, was evicted from the servant's quarter. She was evicted from the property and she was thrown out into destitution. And Spurgeon was visiting her. But actually, she, she kind of had this hope or this sense in which it wasn't actually that bad because God was with her. And she said, I have, I'm, gr- I'm grateful, though. She said, I'm grateful that at the end of the master's life, he wrote me a letter of thanks. And I'm, I'm very, she was a very humble lady. I'm very grateful for the letter of thanks. And she said, look, here's the letter of thanks. I'm so grateful. I've had it framed. It cost me everything. I had it framed, and I've put it on the wall, this letter of thanks. Would you like to see it, Mr. Spurgeon? oh, I'd love to see it. So he goes and looks at it, and he goes... And I looks at her in a funny way, reads the letter again, looks at her in a funny way, reads the letter again, looks at her in a funny way. He says, "It's not a thank you letter." He says, "Have you read it?" She says, "Well, I've seen it." No, no. Have you read it? She said, well, "Of course, I can't. I can't read." He said, "It's not a thank you letter." It's a last will and testament. He's leaving everything to you. You're now the owner of the house. You're the mistress of the house. It's all yours. Stop living like a pauper. See what you've got in your inheritance and start to live in it. Do I need to apply it? I think not. It's pretty obvious. You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You are now not seated in this comfy chair in the Hastings Centre. You're seated with Christ in heavenly places. All his inheritance has been given to you because of the last will and testimony of our God that was sealed with his blood on the cross when he died. It all became yours. See it. Open your eyes to it. Stop living like porpoise. Stop putting verses on the wall. Write them on your hearts. Christians do that and they buy the Christian posters, but they don't live it. Live it. You are rich, kings. Stop looking down on yourselves. Start realising you're the richest people in Hastings. You're the people of the blessing of God. This, I want to end with this. Streams are going to flow in the desert right across Hastings. Streams are going to flow from this citadel, from this place, from this mountain, from this temple from this place and they're going to flow really into deadness they're going to flow into you where you work it feels like death it feels like a wilderness feels like a wasteland it feels like a desert where you some of you go to school where you go to college where some of you work where some of you live in that estate it just feels like death Some of your families just feels like death. God is saying, I am opening up a well of the Spirit. I'm opening up a spring here. It's going to spring up and it's going to flow even to dead places. Dear friends, you are the very blessing of God. You, Jesus said, if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, streams of living water will flow out from within them. See, you are a water carrier. Just like Anne was talking about that Indian water carrier you 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 know you're a, a water carrier you're you're you might be a cracked pot but you're leaking glory everywhere you're leaking water everywhere you're leaking blessing everywhere and god is promising you these things and he's saying kings open your eyes to these things open your eyes rising confidence to who you are in god rising confidence to what you've been given rising confidence to who you are because you are going to affect not just this town not just this area, as you plant out more churches, Bexhill, and I believe it over into Rye, and up into Battle, and you, you're going to be planting, 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 planting. God also promises you nations. That's fascinating. I met Sam for the first time uh, this morning, and... Uh, unbeknown to, well, I, I told Sam, I had a message from uh, one of his great friends from Ghana, Michael Kotia, uh, even this morning, saying, pass my love on to Sam. I didn't even know who Sam was. I had to ask. I said, who's Sam? He says, one of the black guys. I said, there's several black guys. <laughs> Point him out. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be going around to anyone in different color. Are you, Are you Sam? Are you Sam? Are you Sam? Sam. And I just feel God is opening up links between you and Africa. And you've come to the UK and married Claire, and that's beautiful and wonderful. But actually, God says, I've is a purpose. You've come to Hastings. That God wants to connect this church to Africa. Anne and I have just had the privilege of just spending two weeks in Africa. We're a bit jet lagged. We came back on Wednesday. We're a bit tired, a bit all over the place. But actually, what a wonderful continent. And we've got now working with 14 churches in Ghana, working with about seven churches in Kenya. We're working with about 40 churches in Zambia. And actually, I think there's links for you guys to forge. Isn't it interesting how many, how many here have an Afro or Afro-Caribbean or an African heritage? Just wave at me if you, if you have an African heritage. Yeah, see, that wouldn't have happened years ago. But would not... Seriously, that's wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We... I just want to say we love Africans. I just want to say you've got something very special to bring to the church. You've got something of vibrancy in worship. You've got something of community. You've got something of the love of God and the grace of God and the contentment and happiness and joy of God that we don't have in the Western church that God is going to bring to you. So you're a blessing here if you're from Africa, but actually God wants to connect this church also with Africa. There's international connections. I thought it was lovely just to hear that French girl. Was it you? Sorry, I shouldn't call you a girl. What's your name? Elsa. Uh, just talking, you know, and, and it's, you know, we, we can see France from the, you know, that we are kind of connected to France, aren't we? It's like, you know, 1066, don't mention it, but actually, what is it, what's the old phrase, Hastings? I don't think they use it anymore, do they? Hastings popular with tourists since 1066. But and we can have a bit of a negative view of that, and especially with all that's gone on with the Europe and leaving Europe and Brexit and all that. And we can have a bit of a negative view of Europe, but actually God wants to connect us to Europe more and more. God wants you to be a blessing to Europe. He wants you to be a blessing to the French. He wants to stand with what God's doing through new ground into France. He wants to bless you through that. God wants this church to be a stream in the desert. And Sometimes we can look at the French situation and say, what a desert spiritually. Well, you're going to be a stream in the desert, in the town, into Africa, into Europe. God wants this church to understand her prophetic call to the nations. I nearly spoke on being an Antioch church this morning. Perhaps we'll save that till next year if I'm invited back. But I, I, I want to speak to you about being an Antioch base that goes to the nations, where missionary journeys go out from, where where you go and you become a blessing, but it's a strong local sending Base that supports and structures and blesses and people stay and it 's just as missionary to stay as it is just as missionary to go because we 're all missionaries together, some get the privilege of staying and praying, some get the privilege of going and sowing and that 's fine we 're all in this together, and God says, you are to be a sending base, a sending church. it was always in our prophetic foundation that 's why people like me and Don, and John, and C. Braiding, and others, and Dave John, who sends his regards, by the way. All those, that's why we all went. That's why, I, <clears throat> look at Dave and Pam, they go to South Africa. You know, it's why people go, Could go from here. And actually, there's many more who are going to go from here to the nation. So, guys, we're, we're out of time. Um, we're going to turn now, and we're going to end like this. We're going to end in twos, or threes, if, you're, if you really can't do twos. <laughs> And we're just going to pray for each other that we would be a blessing wherever we are. Think about wherever you are this week. The shops, the restaurants, the bars, the offices, the homes, the hotels, the field in Ashburnham. (laughs) Wherever you are this week, God wants you to be a blessing. And I want you to pray for one another and pray that streams of living water will flow from you out into the community. They'll flow from the king's center. They'll flow from who you are. They'll flow from your individual heart, your individual family, and flow to those. Just stand now and stand in twos. Just get together in twos. I'm just going to pray over you, and we're going to end with this. Just grab somebody. Everyone in twos. Okay just before just before you start to pray I know you're an eager church to get your coffee and go home but before you pray I'm going to pray over you but Anne's just going to say something that's crossed her mind
1: As Jeremy was speaking I realized that Hastings and St Leonard's is a are, is a whole town full of springs am I right Upper Park Road, that road's always breaking open. Friars, is it Friars Hill? That road's always breaking open. You've got the springs in Alexandra Park. In St. Leonard's, you'll have to remind me, I know there's springs. The Bourne in the Old Town, that's a spring. I think this is a town of springs. I do think that's such a prophetic picture for all of us. This is a town of springs. The a spring of life. is a town of new life. And I think God wants to say that to you. You are going to bring new life right across the whole of Hastings and, and the surrounding area.
0: He's yeah,
1: pray. just, pray he to just pray told to pray. me I'm going to pray. pray, pray, <laughs> pray Lord Jesus, as we pray for each other, Lord, I pray for new springs of life to well up from deep within each one of us. Say, come, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, come spring up from the very depths of our being, new life, refreshment, equipping, creativity, let it spring up today. Come, Lord Jesus, come, Holy Spirit, come upon each one of us right now
0: just lay hands on one another pray Pray. lay hands if it's appropriate just put your hand on their tummy and say spring up now in innermost being spring up i know that's funny innermost being spring up innermost being Right inside. Now spring up, living water. Spring up, O oh well of God. Spring up in our lives. Let us be the very blessing of God to Hastings. Let's see ourselves differently. Let's see ourselves as the blessing of God. Come, Holy Spirit. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. Come, Spirit of the Lord. Fall afresh on us right now in Jesus' name. Come, Lord. Fill us, Lord. Empower us, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name.